This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everyone, thanks for joining the To Back podcast sponsored by Old Two Logical Bar. Also, uh, we are partnered with Goals TV. Use the code THAB um, at the checkout to sign up uh, for that for free. I'm your host, Nathaniel Witto, and tonight I'm joined by Will and Ant for an action-packed, exciting extravaganza uh, episode to end the season uh, with all the, its ups and downs. So it's the 2022-2023 season review. So you hyped wow. to get into this? Yeah. 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 Well, it's been a pretty good season, hasn't it? With lots of oh, signings well. and uh, same amount of games as usual, but lots. So there's lots to talk about. Which... Yes, yes. If, if we, uh, the season from November or whenever Vicenia or Dawson came in, it's been quite exciting. And then the first few games were pretty good. Really, the whole season, we say the first part was bad, but there's, there was like a, from maybe game seven or eight to about game 12, we were rubbish, but that whole period just sort of killed the momentum and, and all the injuries were rubbish yeah, as we well. Were, we, were, we weren't even that great when we were like joint top of the table after five games because the performances mm-hmm. were still quite poor. We just somehow came out in games with wins. It was, it was yeah. weird because I, I remember us actually saying on the pod episodes after them that yeah, we were winning games, but there were some signs that just weren't created enough. Yeah, we, we, we didn't look good enough. So even then, but like we said, positive season overall. So let's forget about that bit. Yeah. Uh, well, before we get into the whole season review, uh, there are uh, two bits of news regarding Hull City's two uh, sort of the, the centre-back pairing that is preferred at the moment. Alfie Jones, new contract until 2026. Excellent news. We've had a few new contracts with some players over the last few seasons, and uh, it's always nice to, to see it because uh, a long time in the Alam period, we didn't give new contracts to anyone, really. Uh, otherwise, 
unless it was just a, a year extension. So Jones' new contract, that's just very good, isn't it? Of course it is. Absolutely great stuff. Great stuff. Is there anything else to say? I think this was fairly... I mean, he's he's very good, but I think Greaves is the one that you look at sort of other teams perhaps wanting to sign. I mean, maybe Jones, with the form he's been in this season, should be on other teams' radars, although we'll, of course, say he's rubbish and no one should sign him. Uh, but, uh, you know, I guess I don't think there was really, there's ever been many links for for any other clubs coming in to get him, so... Not that surprising. And uh, another thing that was a surprise throughout the season with the form of the other centre-back, Sean McLaughlin, was that he hasn't played for Ireland, but he's got his first international call-up. I'm not sure what games those are for, um, and uh, but it'll be very interesting to see how he does for Ireland because uh, we always have a good Irish contingent at the club. And uh, his form, again, has deserved uh, a call-up, hasn't it? Yeah, he's, he's deserved it earlier, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a shame that uh, Christie and um, Connolly are injured, otherwise they'd probably all be playing in the team together. And yeah. I think you know having that link for Ireland and for us would, would really help. But uh, unfortunately, it's just going to be McLaughlin. And, uh, but then another bit of positive news is that today, um, Ajin uh, and the club released the pricing structure for next season with the memberships. And everyone's delighted that they're still very, very cheap, very, very good, sensible prices. Uh, so, and I'm, I'm not sure of the numbers, but um, it's, they've, well, they've, they've, they've frozen prices hmm. for adults, I believe, reduced ticket prices for is it concessions and OAPs, and then made two to is it eight or ten year olds free, and then obviously they've opened West Stand Upper, which means that they're hoping for 20k crowds again next year. Uh, and N5. So the bit next to the away fans, it's usually empty. Uh, so it's good because they're obviously planning on having quite a lot of fans back. And it's good because the last few games of the season, we obviously saw quite a few high crowds. Um, and hopefully they've managed to lure quite a large number of those back. I think we mentioned it last time, didn't we? But it'd be nice to see, obviously, the stadium at least 18, 19k as an average every week. Uh, steady numbers increasing. So yeah, well done to Adjun for keeping those prices down because it's probably very tempting in today's climate to increase them but mm-hmm. yeah i think it'll um those uh, extra attendances will definitely help the team and probably the finances because i imagine that having all of the um you know those empty seats under the am period wasn't very financially positive for the club um yeah hopefully if we could get that twenty thousand uh, as an average as we've had in the last few games that would be excellent going into next year but at least we always knew it was going to take a few years for those attendances to get back, but you know they've started to come back. So hopefully, going into the new season, uh, they'll continue. So, anything else to mention about that, or shall we just crack on with a, a review of all of our many, many transfers this season? Let's crack on. Let's crack on. Well, thank you very much for everyone who voted in the polls we put out on Twitter. Um, the uh, sort of question you had to answer was, for each player, have they been a success, a flop, or is the jury still out? I mean, I think that's a bit of a cop-out. You should just have a success or a flop, but I'm not the well, one who no, did the polls. Um, some of them, you can't say that for. Yeah. Been a cop-out. yeah, but you, you, you can't sit on the fence. That's you know, too, you're black, have... that's too yeah. black and white. You, but we're a podcast. We need the controversy for the clicks, surely. Well, you can have that, but that's not realistic. Yeah, well, I'm going to say the jury's still out on everyone because, um, you know, they could 
still go on to be very good players or, or rubbish, perhaps some of them. Uh, but yeah, the first, uh, we're just doing it for the transfers uh, this season. How many did we have? Is it 20 or 18 or something like that? It was um, too I many because when I was second. doing the tweets for every yes. player, I regretted doing it after about seven of <laughs> yeah. them. Well, because you've put a little sort of description for each one. Yeah, and, uh, I tried to find different words at the beginning of it, and I was like, yeah, I've run out of things to say. So yeah. I just you got the uh, flag <laughs> emojis for the yeah. first few, and then it was just, and then there's thingy, you can see, and the then another one because I just yeah. had to keep saving it as a draft and coming back to it because I couldn't remember which player I'd said and who we had actually had signed. And no, mm. it was a nightmare. We've signed too many players this year. Well, yeah, it doesn't feel like we actually signed. Uh, the first player on here, Ozan Tufan, this year, it feels like he's been at the club for ages because it's just been a very hectic season. But uh, he was the first player we asked people to vote for and 81% said he was a success and 2% flop. So I think... <laughs> so uh, that'll be a Dan Gosling. <laughs> oh, exactly, exactly. That, that, um, was that, that was that flop vote. Yes, Dan Gosling created various accounts uh, to just <laughs> vote uh, Tufan as a flop. Uh, I mean... Probably a very good season for him as well. Uh, most goals he's ever scored in a season. We did pay, was it two or three million pounds for him? Uh, and we only started to see that sort of payoff later on in the year. But under Vicenia, uh, along with a lot of other players, Vicenia has been able to get the best out of him. So, uh, I mean, two fans had a very successful year this year. I think there's still room for him to grow next year, isn't there? And maybe get a few oh, yeah. more starts. So it's just sort of starting more games and really, you know, having that space in the uh, starting 11 every week that's what you should be aiming for next year right pretty much i think <laughs> the thing is with ozan and the exciting thing about ozan is that i still don't think we've seen the uh <laughs> the, the 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 best that he has to offer because no, we he i think the, the the start of the season i don't think he was fully fit and then the avalanche system didn't suit him and then obviously when rosinia came in it, there wasn't, you know, his, his effort levels improved, his tracking back improved, you know, his, his willingness to work off the ball certainly got a lot better. Um, but we, I think personally his best position from what we've seen is that false nine that we're currently using, but yeah. I don't think we'll be using next season. So it'd be interesting to see what happens with those on next season. But I am excited to see, obviously, what, what, what he can do with a full Liam Rosinia pre-season under his belt and um, obviously a year of being comfortable at a new club now that he, he I, I can imagine from his recent interviews, he, he enjoys being there. So should mm -hmm. be a good season for him. Yeah. Well, the uh, second of the 21 signings we made this year, which is almost, you could have two you know teams play against each other of the chances we've signed this season. The second of them uh, voting uh, was Micah Seri, 94% success, 3% uh... flop, 3% jury still out. I mean, who are the three percent who said flop? Yeah, or even who didn't know about him because he's he's been here all year. It's been incredible. You never know, but flop. Yeah, free signing. You know, I guess we're paying his wages, which must be quite considerable. But even as a free signing to to play that amount of games, even if it was pretty rubbish, I think you know it was still a success because he's been such an important player for us. And then, and I think without him, we couldn't play the way Rossini would want to, or at least not to anywhere near the level that we have been doing. So, yeah, I mean, it's still amazing that he's at the club, that we were able to get him signed in the first place. And I think he's shown why, you know, with that sort of playing out from the back system, uh, why we're paying so much for him. So, yeah, 
very surprising that some people said a flop. Uh, here's one that's probably a little bit more um, debatable. Uh, Aliar Syed Manish, 59% uh, mm. drew is still out. However, much more, uh, many more people said it was a success than a flop. Of course, oh. we had him last year. Has he sort of lived up to the hype of last year? No, but I think that's because of injuries. Mm. Really yeah. ampered him. I think we're going to say that with about half these players, aren't we? Probably, um, yeah. If it weren't for injury, he'd definitely be a success, or, or we'd know. I mean, I guess we still don't know what his best position is, and I think he would have been quite a expensive player as well. We actually spent money on him. So, yeah, to not get the amount of games out of him that we would have liked. Probably, you know, not the best transfer, but... I think he's still a very young player. Is he 21, 22? Yeah, he's still one for so, the future, uh, isn't he? So it's like, yeah. the thing is with Alia, I like, I would agree with the jury still out, um, sort of mm. the, the perspective on that, because like we say, we've, we've not really seen, I don't think, what he, again, has fully to offer because he's not had enough consecutive. I know he had a good run under Rosinia towards the end of the season, yeah. um, but we forget that he's still young and I think his end product. Um, is the, the bit he needs to work on his game because he seems to have everything else. He he, he he runs non-stop. He likes to track back and defend. Um, he's very good at getting past his full-back and into the box. And then just from that point onwards, he <laughs> doesn't seem to go very well. Uh, he sometimes yeah. shoots when he should pass and passes when he should shoot kind of thing. But it, that'll, that'll come with time. Um, you know, maybe he's trying to be a bit over-elaborating in what he's doing because he's, he feels like he's missed out on a bit of time. But um, yeah. <laughs> I, I do think that Aliar will come good eventually. I do think it's a signing that, that is a very good one to make because, you know, two or three years down the line, he might be, you know, absolutely undroppable. But that's why I'd say Jury's still out. He's still got time, hasn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Up next, we've got Dokan Senek, who's currently uh, on loan at Antalya Spor in Turkey. 1% really. said, yes, 1% said he was a success. Who is saying that? I mean, a success for, you know, Antalya Spor. He's scored a few goals there. 74% um, flop, 25% jury still out. I guess because he has got a few goals on loan at Turkey uh, from January onwards. Maybe he'll come back into the side and with the full pre-season. But it's very likely that we are just going to sell him and get the money on a... Probably going to sell him. I don't think he ever really wanted to be here, to be honest. He always yeah. seemed homesick, or he came across mm. as that. Yeah, yeah, I think Tufan, um, out of the Turkish players we signed, has probably adapted better to England than, than Cynic did. And he already um, had experience here. Yeah, so it makes it much more easy. But uh, I don't think it's been that bad for his career, and hopefully he can go on and be a very successful player um, elsewhere. But I don't think it's going to work out for us. And he was another player we spent money on. So... To say that we've already done the three signings that we did uh, the transfer fees and two of them haven't really be worked out, I guess our recruitment, when we're actually spending money, hasn't been that good this season. We've said so that we've got one of each, haven't we? The, on yes. the three we paid for a fee for, yeah. one's success, one, one still is yet to, to get to that level and one just you know didn't exactly. really work out. Mm, the, yeah. the, I think most of our... Yeah, except uh, the next one, uh, most of our free signings, I think, went very well. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to spend our money wiser when hopefully we recoup it from Cynic uh, this summer. So the next, I think this might be the um, the uh, one that's had the most percentage for flop, Tobias Figueiredo. Um, <laughs> yeah, five percent success. I assume 
I assume that's uh, just people joking. I, I get the impression anyone... that someone went down inverted on the obviously least obvious one on purpose. Yeah, yeah, but um, I mean, awful. I think that's the only way we could use to describe his time here. Horrendous. The thing is with Figs is, 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 I've said this for ages, it confused me as a signing because even under Avaladze, we were apparently going to be playing this, um, you know, high tempo attacking play out from the back kind of yeah. play. And if, if that's the case, then why did we sign a centre-half that can't do it? It just doesn't mm. make sense to me. If that's the style of play you're going for, you sign players to fit that mould, don't you? And Figueiredo just never, never ever looked comfortable on the ball. And in doing so, you know, we, we sort of fell apart defensively because it just didn't work. So, weird signing, really. I just don't, I don't understand yeah. why. Mm. Well, I guess when you sign 21 players, clearly not all of them are going to be specific sort of targets that are clearly going to work. I think they're sort of, we're just sort of signing anyone available. Yeah, but you don't really need to squad. sign people just for signing sick, no. do you? If you're not going to fit the system, then what's the point? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, uh, pretty terrible. I assume he's not going to be here uh, next season. And he's been uh, wish him all the best. Auntie, so. Yeah, not that I don't... Not that anyone in England or in the Championship should, should probably get him. Uh, but maybe he'll go back to Portugal and have a lovely time, which he he would deserve because I'm sure he works very hard. But uh, not for us. And then yeah, that I think I don't think we're going to vote on what the worst goal we conceded this season was, but it's probably oh, no, the one where it was against Swansea. Yeah, when I'm sure I'm sure looking at it when when Baxter sort of came out to get the ball and Figueroa just tripped over. I, I keep thinking, looking at that goal, that Figueroa has dived in his own box because he, he thinks he Baxter thinks that's an opposition player an trying opposition to steal player. the ball and has tried to buy a foul. Shocking, absolutely shocking. Which shows that they didn't communicate at all in any of that because yeah. you know, Baxter should be shouting, saying, "I'm coming for it," and he should be moving out the way, which not obviously never happened. So Baxter as well was 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 poor in that situation. Yeah, pretty horrendous. Uh, next up, though, uh, quite the opposite. Cyrus Christie, 94% success. Um, I mean, again, why would anyone say he's a flop considering that when he was actually fit, he was the best rated right back in the league? He probably would have been player of the season had yeah. he not been injured. 100%. Yeah. One of the best right backs we've had in the championship uh, ever, I guess. I mean, we've had some pretty good ones, but going forward and, you know, with no, the shooting no. he's had. Liam Rossini, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, Liam Rossini was not uh, a goal scorer, but Cyrus Christie's. Uh, he's a defender. He, he yeah, gives us an entire. Is. He gives us an entirely new dimension when you when you're going forwards, Christie. I just think that he, as good as Coyle's been in his absence, and as dependable Coyle is as a team member, he doesn't offer the same offensive threat that Coyle does. No. Uh, uh, Christie does, and I think if if you add a fully fit forward line added to Christie as well, you know, we definitely wouldn't be struggling to score goals, would we? I think, you know, Christie was probably one of the biggest misses towards the, that in that run of the last few months because where we were, you know, struggling to score more than one goal, we might have scored more had he been on the pitch. So it's, mm -hmm. But we, we could say that about so many players this season. But yeah, he, Christie is amazing, especially for another free transfer. It's amazing mm -hmm. that we managed to get him and Seri, you can put them in the same bracket, like... How other teams did come in for him is bad. Well, yeah, because we signed him quite late in the window, and yeah. I think he'd even been on trial at Cardiff. 
because he had been at Swansea, and I don't know why Swansea didn't sign him. I mean, maybe uh, he had been on too old. wages at Fulham. He did yeah. an interview, didn't he? And he True. said that he, he liked his time at Swansea, but the, the board told him they weren't going to keep him on because he's too old. Yeah. And then two of our best players, best signings this season have been over 30 with Seri and Christie because, you know, championship, you can keep going until you're like 37. And, you know, uh, like Billy Sharp was one of the top scorers, 50 or something, wasn't he? Dean Wendas, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, absolutely incredible signing and uh, very surprising that no one else got him. But all the better for us. Next up, Osk Estepinian, slightly less, but still a success at 79% but then only 2% said flop. So that's quite another good vote. He was our top scorer. He has to be considered a successful 13 goals. Even if on the field he could have done a lot more, Mm. he still (laughs) scored plenty of goals for us, especially in the early part of the season when we were playing teams who we probably shouldn't have beat. Yeah. I think the reason why perhaps more people haven't said success is because um, he got a lot of his goals in August and September. And since then, he's only really scored a few um, and he goes through those spells where he doesn't really offer much at all but uh, and again I just think, with, with Oscar it's he's scored 13 goals but mm. there isn't many games that I would say he was man of the match I think he only won mm. the man of the match for Norwich because he scored three goals he's, he's, he's yeah. an absolute goal poacher but that seems to be the only thing that he can do um, in terms of his performance levels, obviously, I think could be, you know, a lot better. I think he, he, you know, he struggles to hold the ball up. But I also think he's a victim of the system. I don't think he's a one lone striker at all. Yeah, yeah. I think he has to play alongside another. And I don't know if we're going to do that next season. Oscar will be interesting to see what happens in summer because I could see him leave. I could see Oscar leaving, and I think a team if they come in with a with a, a couple of mil, two three million pound offer or something, I think he'd be gone. Um, because I think as much as Rodinia probably likes him and has scored goals, I don't think he sees them as the kind of player that's going to be the focal point of an attack for us, um, mm. which he's proven he can't really do. Um, but it's hard because, like you say, we haven't really got any other strikers, so unless he's bringing in two or three strikers, uh, we don't know what's happening with Tete and Connolly and players like that. So, you know, it's, it'd be an interesting one to keep a, uh, an eye on, but he's a goal scorer, so, you know... It's just, like we say, performance-wise, he maybe could be a bit better. Yeah, I think Tessé with his horrible injury record and um, and Tyler Smith, who doesn't really score very much and didn't do well at Oxford, and Connolly isn't our player anymore, I think we probably ought to keep Oscar and maybe see if we can get someone better who could play up front with him. Uh, but I think the fact he wasn't anywhere near the player of the season sort of debate when he was our top scorer, I think, says a lot because usually the top scorer just wins... Uh, Default, but yeah, he which is really weird as well. Much. Because if I think Otherwise. he, I think if he was fully fit all season, he'd have had at least twenty goals, and I still think we'd be having the same conversation now. And yeah, I think that perfectly sums him up that he could probably have finished the season on twenty plus goals, and we're all sat here going, "I don't think he was that good." Is that yeah. that's it's so bizarre, isn't it? I don't think I've ever seen a, a player that that has been like that before. But he's it, a bit of an anomaly in that sense, isn't he? But uh, wait to see what his role is next season, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, Enchep says if we got a good solid offer in the summer, it wouldn't be that uh, that bad to sell him uh, because we got him on a free, so that would be a hundred percent profit. Uh, I still think, though, you know, for a first season in England, thirteen goals uh, and missing a fair por- a portion of the season at the end, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Next up, uh, Big Ben, uh, Ben Tete, thirty-eight percent success, 
but 58% jury still out. Again, one of those ones yeah, where... because of injuries. Because of injuries, we, we don't really know. Maybe he could have been better, but he got injured at the start, came in, scored a lovely goal against West Brom, immediately injured again. I'd say, uh, based on that, it's a flop, even though it was a free signing, because, I mean, we keep saying it, but if your player isn't available to play for, like, 80% of the season... That's not, it's not worth paying his wages, is it really? It's not a flop either because he hasn't performed poorly to no. say that he shouldn't be considered a good transfer. I was going to say you can't use that logic because then mm. if you applied it to a Damatore, you'd have to say he's a flop because he wasn't. I was going to say, and when Tete no. has played, he's been pretty decent. Mm. Yeah. The thing, the, Tete, I think he started the season, didn't he, in like a wide tight man role under Shotter, and he seemed and it to be it worked. Yeah, he did. He had a good partnership with Oscar, which is the kind of thing we hopefully could see next season with them two up top. Um, but then, obviously, like we say, he got injured, came back in, looked very good, got a red card against Sheffield United, was out for three games, came back in the side, looked really good, scored a cracking goal against West Brom, started the game against Coventry well, and then got injured for the rest of the season. So you can imagine how frustrated Rosini must be because I think Tete was perfect to the way he wanted to play. Um, because we want to play out from the back. We want to be possession-based. But every now and again, if the team presses us to a point we have to hit it long, you need somebody to you know, give you that outlet to get out. And he did that, as well as being quite handy on the ball for a big lad. Um, and it's, it's, bit, it's frustrating because I think he looks a really good player. And I think if he's fully yeah. fit, he's very good. But the club's got a decision to make, haven't they? Rosina keeps saying he wants robust, reliable players that are going to play week in, week out, not be injured. So... Where that what that means for players like Tete, uh, we'll have to wait yeah. and see. But uh, I'd like to see him stay here if we can keep him fit. But you know, it's up to Rosini at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's uh, given me an interesting question to ask when we get on to the uh, third striker signing of the season. So, uh, mm. but I'll hold off on that for a moment. Next up, another flop, uh, according to the poll 69% uh, said that Ryan Woods from uh, Birmingham, which was a uh, well, that actually was one of the other signings we made on a permanent deal with, uh, with money uh, from Birmingham. I mean, again, injury uh, at the wrong time when Seri got injured. Woods would have been the obvious replacement and he got injured as well. So a uh, fair portion have said they don't really know whether he was good or not. But uh, when he did play, he was just extremely bang average as we expected him to so be, I, I guess. I, I liked Woods, but he never fit what Rossini wants to play like. Mm. Probably so never fit yeah. Dawson or Shotter either. Just it, it just didn't seem like the right sort of player in that position, the way that we want to play. And I think mm. it could probably do a job for most teams in the championship, but not the way that Rossini wants us to play. Mm. Yeah, I think Doherty's a better option, isn't he? And we signed Simons and Seri, so you do wonder why we bothered signing him at all. Well, I think Simons was... Simons wasn't really in the picture, was he? Um, yeah. When we first signed him on loan, I don't think he did. He not make his debut till December or January or something, did he? Pretty much, uh, yeah. So Simons wasn't really in the picture. Uh, Woods actually played quite a bit under Shotter, didn't he? Um, I thought sometimes he looked okay. It's just that we have better. Um, yeah. it, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's poor player. I think he's just a, a bog standard championship player that doesn't really offer anything better to our midfield than what we've got. Um, yeah. And I can understand why they've made him available for transfer. Yeah, I think Woods and Figueredo 
I don't think anyone would be uh, too displeased to see them go uh, because they, they haven't really performed this season. Uh, another uh, major flop, 82% Dimi Pelkas uh, came with a lot of um, excitement and, and hype, especially with his links to Ozan Tufan. They played together very well at Fenerbahce. Another one who kept getting injured, even when he, he'd come back from injury, he'd be out the team another week or two. And when he played, got two goals. But other than that, didn't really do much. So I think maybe he's the biggest flop in terms of uh, the expectation of what he could have been because he's played in Europe and, uh, um, you know, for a, a big club in Fenerbahce and coming into the championship, just never stamped his authority and showed his quality. So yeah. big flop. He, just, he, um, he, he kept trying to show, you could tell there was some of there, there's moments, but he never seemed, he always he played like he was, Knackered, to be honest, for the most part. Mm. Maybe he was. Maybe he was. I guess fitness and you know having all those injuries would do that to you. Um, and uh, even if we could get him on a free, would you sign Pelkas? No, I won't. Because I, I don't think. I don't know if he took a big wage cut, and it was a free transfer. Then yeah, probably. But mm. I can't see him doing that, and I don't think he was comfortable here. Um, no. Pelkas was one of the biggest disappointments for me because I think he came with such hype um, that he was going to be, you know, he was pretty much built, made out to be our best signing. Um, and he, I don't really think we saw what anything he could do anywhere near his full potential, that is, anyway. Hmm. Even the, the couple of goals that he scored, you know, the, 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 the header wasn't too bad. But, you know, it's it's we just didn't see enough from him on a consistent basis. And like you say, he was in and out with injury as well. But, I just don't think there was a, a a player there that that fits this system at all. I mean, I don't know where he definitely couldn't do that number nine role like Tufan no. could, um, and I don't think I don't think out on the left he really offered anything either. So, I mean, we'll the, the, you only have to look at like Harry Vaughan coming in and the impact he's made playing off the left. He's done more in the the very few games he's played than Pelkas has done all season. And you yeah, know, Pelkas yeah. is a is a is, is a you know, experienced international player that's played in European competitions and at the highest level. So, you know, very big disappointment for me. Hmm. It's probably the one I was most excited about when we signed or that long period in the summer where we knew we were going to sign them. And then they just didn't get announced for about yeah. what felt like an entire transfer window, uh, pretty much because it was. Um, yeah, I mean, he came in and, uh, I mean, got injured pretty quickly. Uh, or did he come in and he was injured immediately? Uh, took him until November again. Uh, I think, yeah, it was that period where I'm mixed kept up losing. on all the injuries point. <laughs> yeah, it, everyone's it, been injured. Exactly, exactly. Except Slater um, and Greaves, I think. I think yeah. Greaves took a little bit out actually. Well, I think. Well. Yeah, the, the next player we've got on the polls, uh, Salah Edin Ulad Miand, uh, or something like that. Salah, let's just call him Salah. Um, he probably sums up our summer recruitment because he was injured even before we signed him, right? Yeah. Uh, 88% flop, 10% jury still out. He has gone back to Arsenal, I think. Did he go back on January? In January yeah. on, uh, on loan. Yeah. Uh, atrocious waste of time, I imagine. Time. <laughs> Technically, jury's still out because he never played. Yeah, I mean, never we still played. don't know how we, we don't know how good he was, how good he could be, because we didn't see him play. It was a mm. weird one that that, that I, I even contemplated not adding in because we actually didn't see him play. Um, but 
no, very strange transfer. I don't know why you would even sign anybody that's that's knowingly going to be out for X many months. Well, on a loan anyway, because the the vast majority of the deal you're paying for somebody not to play, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Very strange. Didn't didn't he come in? He was supposed to be on number ten. Yeah, and uh, he was the number ten. He actually had the number, number ten until yeah. February. Took it in January. Yeah. Well, I think both number tens this year come in with a lot of hype and have been just <laughs> yeah, just we're getting a bit of a number ten cast at the minute. Abysmal, just ab- abysmal wastes of time because you know transfers take forever and they seem to be very complicated deals. Those so uh, just all the poor time Tan Kessler could have spent literally doing anything else with his life <laughs> than getting those uh, signings done and and the stress of that. Uh, yeah, very unfortunate. Another very unfortunate one here, Harvey Vale. Uh, again, I think I, even more than I Salah. Genuinely, I yeah. genuinely forgot we had him until I read the t- pearls that Ant put out. I think even more so than Salah, uh, who didn't yeah, even play for us. Bale was the, the least the least memorable. He, he he played against Swansea. He did nothing until 70 minutes in when he left his marker completely free and they scored. And then he <laughs> missed a one-on-one in the FA Cup match two minutes in. And yeah. those were his two contributions uh, zero out of ten, I'd say. Um, poor guy. Nothing against him. Probably not uh, ready to play, you know, football at that high level. When I look um, back, I think the of... situation at the club hindered him. I think the fact that it was Avaladzi and the chaotic mess that was the start of the season, he couldn't. He couldn't settle here. He's a young player that needed to find somewhere that he could, you know, flourish. And I don't think our um, yeah, I did have a chance. And, yeah, and I don't think we he ever settled really because he came. He he came as like as as Chel- one of Chelsea's best upcoming yeah, prospects. Um, like they see well, him as yeah, the first team player in a few years. But I, I I don't know. I think he's a few years off that. Definitely, I think he needs to maybe drop down to League One or League Two for a loan spell first. I think Championship was maybe a bit a bit too high for him to jump straight into, but. Yeah, another strange loan transfer. Maybe maybe we were just trying to hit a domestic transfer target. Maybe we just needed some yeah. English players. <laughs> I honestly don't think that's that far from the truth. Um, again, 3% success on Vale. That's that's more than one person voted him as a success. Almost 300 people voted. So that's almost like three people. Uh, insane. What are you doing with your lives? Like like you take these things seriously. That's, that, that's nine people, Nathaniel. Is it? Oh, well, I dropped maths. doesn't matter. It's not important. Uh, next up, we've got uh, another, you know, decent enough one, uh, another player we signed on a permanent deal eventually. Xavier Simons came in with uh, Vale at the same time, another Chelsea lonely. Uh, 50% jury still out, 44% success. One for the future. Yeah, I like him. Liam yeah. really likes him. He looks composed, doesn't he? And he's clearly got a, a very good player to learn from uh, that position with Seri and um, probably maybe done a bit better than Woods when he came in, potentially. No, he has done better than Woods. Yeah, yeah, he has. And uh, that's, I think, clearly the battle they had. I don't think Simons or Woods are ever going to think they're getting, they're getting to the starting eleven very often, but if they could be the, the player to step up when Seri got injured, then, um, and of course... Maybe Simon's a tiny bit lucky that Woods was injured at the time Seri was, but he took that opportunity with uh, maybe not both hands, but at least one. And uh, that's why he's uh, signed on a permanent deal. So looking forward to seeing 
what comes from him in the, the smart, future. The smart transfer, that one. Astute, yeah. isn't it? Exactly. Smart and astute. Uh, those are the exact words to use for that. Uh, next up, we've got Vaughan Coville, another player that people will forget. Um, we signed him as an academy player, but because of the uh, injury, the injuries, uh, injuries um, from Forest Green, was it? Uh, yeah. yeah. Came in, played a few games, and then, of course, poor guy, injured for the entire season, uh, bar the first few games he played. Uh, 79% jury's to melt. Yeah. Uh, I imagine. I also like, I think he looks promising, but like say injuries yeah. completely curtailed everything. We do have I'd maybe quite give a, a few good... spell next season because I think, yeah, I think Harry Vaughan is going to be the one that plays instead of him next year. And I think maybe uh, mm. rather than putting him in the under 23s, I'd, I'd let him have a loan spell in like League One or something, get a full yeah. season under his belt. <laughs> uh, between the two, uh, Vaughan young players that we signed from. Uh, other academies this year. Uh, Harry Bourne's certainly the better of the two, um, and they probably played the same amount of games. But, uh, I mean, looking at this list and some of the young players we've got uh, coming through, we do still have a lot of, uh, you know, things to look forward to. Um, Simons, Coville and Vaughan would be a very exciting midfield one day, potentially, uh, in a few years, perhaps, and Slater. So, uh, yeah, lots of good young players at the club at the moment. Just a shame they all get injured, really. Next up, uh, the first player we were linked to um, this summer and then the last player we announced because he was injured, of course, Adama Traore, uh, 87% success, 12% jury still out. Um, when he eventually came in, straight into the, the starting 11, really good player. I never expected him to be as good as he was. Not in a million years. No. I mean, which no. is weird because when you look at his uh, playing career, he's 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 far too qualified to be playing in the championship. But, um, but he spent nearly two years out injured. He did, he did, and I and I think that he's coming to a very good situation where I think he's the perfect kind of player for a Liam Rosinia team. He's the oh, exact yeah. kind of player that Rosinia would want. Very tidy on the ball, likes those quick one-twos, incisive passes into the space in behind. I think if you've got a striker that loves running behind, like a Jamie Vardy-esque kind of striker, he would get about 10 assists in a he, season. Rossini himself said in press conference after games, he couldn't believe he got this play because obviously when he comes in, he's injured, he doesn't know what he's got. And when he started, he couldn't believe the player he had on his hands because he was like, he probably thought, I'm going to have to bring in this sort of player. And it turns out he was always there the entire time. He had like, yeah. I'm sure he had something like 16, 17 goal contributions in... Um, his season at Monaco um, and he, I think him and Mbappe had like the most productive partnership in that league or something which is fairly easy when you've got Mbappe running in behind kind of thing but that, that's the example that I'm trying to use if you've got a striker that is fast and can get in behind Adama's going to find you all day and he, and he, he can score goals I think he scored something like eight uh, in, that, in that and he cost him 15 million quid He's an international, yeah. he's got Champions League experience. He, Like I say, he's a Premier League player. And I think if he's fully fit all season, next season, we've got one of the best, if not the best midfielder in the league. Yeah, I'm very That's excited. That's a bold claim. A bold claim. But, but he's one of the most technically gifted, I'd say, potentially. Yeah. Because no one, I don't think any other midfielders in the league have played along with Mbappe, have they? So that is a qualification uh, just by itself, I'd say. So, yeah, uh, incredible goal he scored against Millwall and uh, some of the passes and the dribbles he's done just look so 
calm and composed on the ball, which you'd think coming into England and Hardy having played for the last two years, he'd be a bit rusty and a bit um He's a good cautious. free kick taker as well. Mm. Obviously he scored one for the under twenty threes, didn't he? And then he, he almost scored against Luton with a free kick. So he looks like he's got a tidy set piece on him, which I think is something we've been missing for the last two years. Yeah. Someone to score from a free kick. Yeah, I mean, uh do stop me if I keep going on, but our corners and set pieces this season, yeah. uh even last dreadful. year. Dreadful. Absolutely yeah. atrocious. It doesn't help that we didn't have you know, because of injuries and the amount of players we had, we had Tufan and Elder and Seri and Pelkas and maybe even Slater and just everyone took them. So I think if Traore takes them all, we've got an assist for Aliar with the corner recently. Uh, having one player, I think, take them at least from one side. Yeah, We need help. to knock the short corners on the head. It does my head in. <laughs> oh, because we haven't scored one. No. We haven't scored one, and then yeah, but you're the not only... going to score them every time either. No, but the Why only we're doing a mix, Chase. When we do them every time, I don't like it. The only set piece goals we have scored this season have been when we've just lumped it in the box, which hasn't been that often. But uh, yeah, under the senior, taking them short, we've not yet scored. So I think you know, uh, yeah. Enshep says saw a lot of short corners at the end of the season. I hope that doesn't continue. And, uh, it's it's okay me. if the player that you give it to either then puts it in the box for a better angle or you lay it off to somebody to maybe have a have a, a cheeky long-range shot. But we, we tend to play it short and then just start passing it around like yeah. if we were already in open play. And it just seems like it's a wasted opportunity. Like, you just, just put it in the box because, you you know, you, that's an opportunity to score, isn't it, if someone gets their head on it. But, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. I, I'll never be a fan of short corners. No, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, maybe statistically there is something that we get out of it, but it just doesn't look good, does it? Uh, and, you know, we're not really a, a free-flowing scoring side under the senior, so use that opportunity when you can, especially with the likes of Greaves, who had a, a few more goals this season. Especially uh, considering we, score, we, we, we struggle to score goals. If we could add set-piece goals to our repertoire, we, we, we might have been in with a shout with the top six for a bit further on in the season. Uh you know, we were struggling to score more than one on a regular basis. And sometimes, I mean, teams like Millwall score loads of set pieces, almost mm. finished in the top six. You've got to have more strings to your bow, haven't you? And at the minute, we've kind of only got the open play <laughs> um, goals to our, our yeah. bow. But we'll see what we do next season with them. Mm -hmm. uh, up next, we've got Timothy Lotutala. 78% uh, jury still out, 20% success, even though he hasn't played for us. <laughs> um, of course, I was talking about um, in the last few weeks, uh, low to Tyler Watch, that he'd gone to Steamenage, but he's gone to Steamenage. He's played, I think, was it eight or nine games for them on loan, on an emergency loan. He got promoted, so that's a very good experience for him. Uh, clearly, uh, can't be an awful goalkeeper if you get promoted, even if you play a few games. So, uh, I'd Brent say one international as well. I'd, I'd say it's a successful signing, you know, as a third choice goalkeeper. You're not going to find many third choice goalkeepers that have had a better year than him, I guess. Success. He really? hasn't played for us. He got promoted. He got promoted. He with, hasn't with played for us. It's a very good experience for him. So, yeah, that's, so that's a successful signing for Stevenage, then, isn't it? Not for well, us. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> He, he, he's our player. He'll have sure, good... he's still out in the final. He'll have learned a lot. And he's now, a good I signing think... for the future. He's a young goalkeeper. He's a good option. Exactly. Well. I think it. I think it's worked out. I think. It, yeah. I think that's pretty good, uh, personally. 
up next now the goalkeeper uh 57% flop so you know that's a majority but not uh an absolutely huge one that's Nathan Baxter um again injury mm. another one getting very repetitive this um it's just I, I think it's more, it's, it's more considered a flop because we know how good Baxter can be uh, I don't think he was as good this season as he was last season. No, it's, it, I think the the sort of calamitous defence in front of him maybe didn't help him much, but um, it's it seemed to be a case of when he came into the side, we were in that bad run and he never recovered from it. And then obviously, like we say, we got injured. And I just think hype, we all wanted us to sign. I think all three of us would have been happy to have Baxter and Ingram as the goalkeepers that we yeah. had. And obviously he's got a problem with injuries too and you don't really want a goalkeeper that's unreliable in that sense so we ended up with Darlow so <laughs> I'd rather have Darlow than Baxter unfortunately I'd call that an upgrade personally yeah, yeah, yeah so. same yeah. unfortunately for him I'm sure he'll find a championship loan for easy season. easy like it, it won't yeah, be short because that'll be sure mm. I think Baxter's another one that I forget because you know Ingram and Darlow have been so good this season uh, and then Baxter was again in that sort of awkward phase where we had Schotter and then Dawson and then Messina. Uh, and I, I think probably only had two or three games with each of them uh, in goal. So uh, uh, another sort of poor season for him. But he's young. He's, he's clearly got talent. So he won't be too badly affected by that. Another goalkeeper up next, Carl Darlow. 96% success. Um, came in. Uh, Got into the team ahead of Ingram, who is already one of the best goalkeepers in the league, and then was an upgrade on Ingram. So absolutely uh, part of the reason why we've had so many clean sheets recently. And I think, yeah, 96% of people would say they'd love him on a permanent deal in the summer. Sorry, um, I cannot believe that's not 100%, quite frankly, as far as I'm concerned. Because that number was unreal. He, he won us points as a goalkeeper. Yeah. Some of the some of the performances he had, you can you can see why he was one of the best keepers when he was at Forest in the Championship and and the Premier League move to Newcastle and because Newcastle have got about four goalkeepers that are good enough to be first team, is is kind of seen his career slow down. So I think coming towards us helped to reignite his career a bit. And I don't think he'll be short of offers in the summer. Hopefully we've got kind of like a first dib situation on him. Um, I think from what he said, he liked it here. So I would like to see him come back. It probably would depend on, I can imagine, the transfer fee and the wages because I think he'll be quite an expensive goalkeeper. But he's in his prime, uh, like goalkeepers in, in the 30s. Oh, yeah. Can go till they're about 44, can't they? So he's still at a good age for a goalkeeper's experience. And I, I don't think he's as good distribution-wise as Baxter. But in terms of confidence that he gives me as a fan when he's in goal, um, even more so than Ingram to a sense. And I think he sort of, I think the back four show that as well. I think they're, they're, they're very confident in his ability and the way he communicates his spot. We've just got to sign him. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, next up, we've got, I think, the uh, second most votes for flop. 90% flop, Malcolm Ebuway. Had maybe one and a half good games for us, came in with a lot of hype. But yeah, generally, Burnley was incredible and we got battered. Um, just came in with a lot of hype. Clearly has quality, but 
perhaps doesn't have the application and we won't be signing him on a permanent deal unless for senior goes completely crazy in the summer, I imagine. Rosinha is very disappointed in him, I think. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, I said, I think, two weeks ago, if um, Rosinha, this was his number one target, um, and I think probably just says a lot that Abiway hasn't really, you know, performed for someone that he should be performing for, you know, having that belief in a player uh, in January coming into the side. Uh, but then again, another one, he got injured uh, before he signed for us as well, so I don't think that that would have helped. So it's very frustrating. Yeah. I think he 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 needs to have a long look at himself this summer because Rosinia put a lot of trust in him. Um, was very vocal in the press about how much he wanted him, number one target. Um, came with a lot of hype. Derby fans, not one of them said a bad thing about him. Um, came here and just never really looked like he wanted to play. Um, his interviews, he just I think I remember someone tweeting me and saying, even his first interview, they put it down to nerves. But when you look back at it, he just looks like he was here because he's been told to come here more than he wanted to come here. And I think, um, Rosinio is probably very disappointed more than anybody that he's come here and just not applied himself. Um, but the good thing that's come from it is, is that we've seen now manager well, Rosinio's managerial style. He won't accept players, no matter how much he trusts them or knows them. He will not let them have a bypass by not reaching the levels that he demands. So that's good. So it's yeah. kind of it was a bad signing for us in terms of productivity on the pitch. But to know that he's not going to accept any less than what he demands, even if he trusts them and considers them as you know a player that he knows well, is good because it means that next season you know players will not be getting away with it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, a good uh, sort of, um, you know, stamping those authority sort of a uh, benchmark, perhaps, for mm. senior. You know, you've got to do better than, than this guy. Uh, the third of the uh, four January signings, if we're including Vaughan, was Aaron Connolly. Uh, I do usually like uh, forward players that uh, come on loan from Brighton. And um, Connolly, again, got injured. He played six games, two goals uh, against QPR. Uh, again, probably would have been a really good signing um, if he didn't get injured, but 61% uh, jury still out, and then sort of mixed between success and flop, 19 and 20%. Um, uh, now, probably the most difficult one to talk about, I'd say. He, he is the example that Andrew gave of someone who Rossini puts trust in, and they actually do put the effort in. Yeah. He has sort I, of the energy I, in there. I love Connolly. Yeah. I think we missed him more than Oscar at the end of yeah. the season because we missed, the a, we missed someone who was a bit of a poo house at the uh, up front, and uh, yes. and he offered that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's his running as well. It, it, it boundless energy, tireless. It, it, it'd have ran for a wall for Rosinha, and that's the kind of player oh, you want him. Yeah. To be. Having him and then you've got Slater behind him and then you bring Doherty off the bench, just ridiculous. Yeah, he, he, he ran the channels, he trapped back. He looked, he loved to cut inside, he was dangerous. Um, a couple of goals he scored, he took well and it was a shame. Another case of what if um, in terms of the end of the season. I think if, again, if he's fit from January to the end of the season, we're in a totally different place in the league. Hmm. Um, I would... <laughs> Be interesting to see if we go back in for. I would. I personally would think because I'm sure he's in his last year of contract. 
I bet we could pay Brighton a tiny fee to loan him for the rest of the year and then have him join in summer. I'd like to see that, but it, it's another case of because of his injury record, would they? Would they it would be a risk know. either way because he did seem him and Oscar did seem to have a good partnership, and clearly Rossini likes him, and I think you know he's played in the Premier League. He, he sort of came here and rejuvenated his career for three weeks uh, and got injured. So Brighton don't yeah, want it, it could work he's out. a place that he's not wanted and hasn't got a future. So it will make sense that he's going to go somewhere in summer. If that's here, I'd be perfectly fine with that. But it's like we say, it's whether or not I, I can imagine Rosini is probably in contact with him, um, trying to see about his fitness and whatnot. But it, it'll be an interesting one. Another interesting transfer saga. I think they'll happen in the summer. I think we'll probably have a couple of inquiries and see as to, to how he's doing and whatnot. And see where we go but I'd like to see him back I really like him as a player and I think he came with yeah. a bit of a rap for being a bit of a uh, disruptor and he's, he's proven everybody wrong which is good mm. yeah he seemed to do his disrupting on the pitch rather than in the dressing room which mm. is where you want it uh, the question I was going to ask if we went into next season um, and hopefully they didn't keep getting injured if we had Oscar Tete and Connolly as our striking options would we be happy with that or do we think that Something yeah. needs to change there. Yeah, I think I would be. Uh, the injury record would be, I think, the biggest risk there. But if they did stay fit, I think you've got three players who sort of offer different things. And, I mean, definitely Oscar and Tete and Oscar and Connolly work together. Maybe Connolly and Tete would be even better. Connolly um, would I most think. likely come in off the left, wouldn't he? And it, I think mm. he'd start Tete, because I think, like we say, it suited Rosini a bit more. And then Oscar and Tete would, I assume... Um, rotate in that sense and I'd be very happy with that I mean even as a front three that could work because I think wingers have been our problem position this season really well, Tete uh, showed that he can work out wide with under Shotter yeah Connolly can do that I think maybe front three that, that would actually work rather than just sort of two out and out strikers so uh, yeah I mean I, I think what you said it could be an interesting uh, sort of transfer saga whether or not we're going to go in for him. And then the very last signing that we made, we did actually sign him in January from Oldham, is Harry Vaughan. 83% success, 13% jury out. This, uh, this is actually interesting because every five of my being wants to say success because I absolutely love Harry Vaughan. Mm. But really, he only played about four or five games. I think five so really, games, yeah. He should be. Jury's still out because but while he only played there, four or five games and one player of the month in those four or yeah, five games. Very true. Mike Field Mike Feelin also got manager of the month for us in the Premier League, so that doesn't mean anything. Also um, true. So while I loved him and it's clearly there's clearly bags of talent there. It's maybe too early to say for certain he's an absolute success. But he's ace. So yeah. He offered a lot more in, in the few games that he played than, than some of our attacking options. Most pretty much also. all the other wingers that we've said in this list. Yeah. He's and I don't more. actually think he's even a natural winger. I'm sure he's meant to be a midfielder. He's more of an uh, attacking mid, yeah. So, but he, he's he's the biggest compliment you can give him. And I said this on 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 Gabe Sutton's show last night is that he came into the side and looks like he's been playing with this side for about four or five years. Not that yeah. we signed him in January from League One. Um, he, he looks comfortable at this level it didn't mm. seem phased at all um, 
fans have taken to him quickly and I think Rosini absolutely adores him. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of part he plays next season because I think obviously Rosini is going to be signing at least probably four attacking options from what he's been saying about needing, you know, some goal scorers and some reinforcements in the front line. So where his place in the squad and how often he plays is yet to be seen. But I would like to see him involved as often as possible because it seems like he could be on that trajectory of, you know, a young player that comes in and does very well for us and hopefully improves yeah. year by year. Yeah, the next Bowen, the next Lewis Potter, perhaps. That would be uh, very pleasant. Uh, so that's come to the end of the 21 signings we've made. Uh, seven successes out of 21. Not the best year Not of recruitment. Um, I mean, but then I'd say some of those flops and some of those juries just allow could go on to be good signings. Uh, I think there's only a few flops that are like obviously really rubbish, like Figueredo and maybe Ebiway, things like that. But then a fair few of them are loan signings and maybe we're not going to see them again. So uh, generally, if you were going to give it a, a number or a letter grade, however you want, our year of recruitment, what would you rate it? Because I'd probably give it a five maybe i think that the general um recruiting uh maybe not even some of the players but just the whole um sort of layout or um uh like the plan that we had wasn't very well thought out yeah i, I don't know what the plan was in summer to be honest uh, i don't think anyone does just i think they just i think a player was like yeah i'm available and i'll come around and they're like yeah sure come on back um, yeah. yeah, and I, I think Adjun's learned from that as well. Yeah, 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 which is good because we, you know, he obviously had has big dreams for the club and wants Premier League, um, and thought that, yeah, let's sign all these players, um, not realizing that maybe you know it should have been bit by bit more than all at once because yeah. to bed in bed in new players takes time, especially players from abroad. Um, it just you know, it was it just screamed everything in that beginning half of the season was just 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 a complete mess. And I think the summer sort of summed sum that up. Although we did obviously get some good players out of that, the vast majority maybe should have been more researched. I think uh, especially players like Figueroa that obviously weren't going to benefit the side whatsoever. Woods that didn't really improve the starting eleven. Um, but like Will said, I think he's learned and I think this summer will be totally different. I think we'll actually go for, you know, fewer players, but ones that will actually improve the starting eleven. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I think part of what we had to do last year was um, we had a very sort of League One uh, squad almost with a few quality players. Um, and we had to sort of get not only players into the starting eleven, but sort of build up the uh, the reserves with more quality as well. 
whereas I don't think we're going to have to do that this year. Um, so, yeah, not the best. Enship agrees with you, Ant, uh, a year of learning on the transfer front. Uh, Will, do you want to uh, do a bit of fun stuff and compare um, our predictions um, from the uh, well, start of the season? Well, why not make ourselves look like absolute fools? Because I think it'd be well, a fantastic well, I, I've remembered one prediction I made, which was quite bold, which has turned out brilliantly. We'll get to that. And you weren't the only one, it turns out, that also made that prediction. So mm. you're not the only smart-ass here. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So back the day before we played Bristol, we had our preview. And we obviously tried to predict how the season was going to go. And it was, in hindsight, when I watched it earlier today, rather funny. Um, so we'll start with, it was only me... Of all of us on it, us three were the ones who did our predictions. But um, funny how you mentioned the uh, transfers. So you just said our transfers were what five out of ten? Five out of, uh, uh, or five out of twenty. I would say you gave an eight out of ten in the stomach. <laughs> um, I was a coward and refused to answer. Um, I had some rant about <laughs> not being able to judge anyone until the season started, which it turns out is very true. Yeah. Um, and and you give a seven out of ten. That's mm. not yeah. as bad. Um, best signings, not too bad guess really. Nathaniel, you said Siri. Oh. I also said Siri. And you said Alia. Mm. Now, oh, and you've had a summer, shocker. Well, in the summer, obviously, it was a promising signing. Yeah. And what an idiot! It's not, he started, not gonna, he actually it's, started the season really well. It, uh, the injury curtailed him. Yeah. I was going to say, I promise you, Anne, you're about to look less stupid because here's the top scorer. Um, and while you and Nathaniel both picked a stupid Anne, this lad picked Alia. Oh, that's, I think that's worse because he scored two. two, yeah. two yeah. yeah I, I, to be honest, I think, you know, predicting Oscar uh, to be the top goal scorer when, you know, that, that wasn't that difficult, I'd say. Uh, but clearly for you, it was well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I went with the logic of well, Jared Bowen scored loads from the wing. Well, Keane Lewis Paul yes, scored loads from the wing. Is well, as good Malik as Will Bowen is he? From the wing. Yeah, but Malik Wilson, even but he scored loads from the wing at league, in the League One season. In League One, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, was better than Malik Wilkes. We'll, we'll, we'll spare your blushes a bit and uh, move quickly on, shall we? I am a boy. <laughs> Uh, best player, um, Nathaniel said Longman. Oh, what a well, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, I stand by that, quite frankly, as okay. I have done but all you season. Also said, you also said Seri, so I'll give you a break on that one. Um, yeah. And you said Greaves? Not a bad guess, really, because he got young player. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I I, was clearly concerned with him moving to the Middlesbrough because I said Greaves or, if he leaves, Slater. Well, he won as well. I don't I mean, I don't remember ever saying Slater, but I'm very happy with that choice because it turned out to be pretty good. Yeah. Did he, and, uh, did he win best? He won, uh, he won fan player and player's player, mm. but not mm. Liam's player, which is the one that actually goes down as the player of the year. Yeah, well, that, that's but, um, pretty, pretty good prediction. Most importantly for all City, table position. Mm. Now, we finished in, what did we finish? 15th in the end? 15th. 14th? 15, won it? Um, Nathaniel, you said 11th. Mm-hmm. And you said 11th. Mm. 
I said 11th. How boring. Wow. I mean... What content? I, I, I yeah. guess, you know, none of us are going to be the, the idiot in that, you know, because we're all all predicted the same thing yeah i'm quite annoyed i didn't get three years in a row because of course everyone said we were going to walk league one and we did and then i got 19th correct last season yeah but i well, think maybe if we had Connolly fit or christy fit or <laughs> Seri fit or oscar fit maybe we would have finished 11th but we didn't so well you know, I, I, I'm, sure I, I'm sure i said that we would briefly flirt with the playoffs and then fall short you did you did yeah, yeah. well we did for the first Five yeah, games. around January time, we were talking about the playoffs. We were on that good run. Yeah. So, mm, <laughs> I'm taking that. Well, I win. Well, that's the end of the City predictions. We did also try to lose the Championship, which is a much funnier to read, <laughs> to be oh, honest. Yeah. Um, it's so but, difficult but, to, to predict. Start, to start, it was rather boring because for the relegation, we all predicted exactly the same. Um, we got one of them right. We all said Reading would go down, which is pretty fair. They had Paul Lintz and then look what happened. But yeah. we also said Rotherham would go down and mm. they broke the recurse and stayed up, even with Tommy, who's the legend up front. Um, and we all said, and I think at the time it made sense to say this because they were in absolute shambles and it was Birmingham. Mm-hmm. I think you remember, people remember back to the summer, there was all the issues with Lawrence Bassini trying to take them over. And it wasn't looking very good for them because they were in a lot of trouble. Mm. But well, even they, though, got out, they got out of it in the end. Birmingham have not been relegated from the championship in like millions of years because they were I in the Premier the League. I think the longest serving team currently in the championship. Well, is it 12 years now? But they, they keep, always they, they, just they about stay like up. Between 20th and 18th every season. Yeah. Well, so. yeah. They're like the Wigan or the Sunderland that used to stay up in the Premier League all the yeah. time, but the championship. So I think Birmingham, even though they never do get relegated, they will the at some point. Yeah. So it's, it's always a fair shout. They're living dangerously is what is probably the best yeah. way to put it. Um, the playoffs, now obviously you've got object four teams. It's a bit mm. trickier. But to be fair, we actually did all right on this. Um, and you predicted Borough, Burnley, Sheffield uh, United and West Brom. So, I mean, you've got three teams that were close up there. But that's only um, one right. Only one, only one correct. Only because two bettered it. Well, these two got automatics, yeah. Still wrong. <laughs> yeah, all right, fair play. Um, I predicted Sheffield United as well, so I'm also as wrong. I also predicted Watford, but I, and I also predicted Millwall, and I predicked Luton. And I, I don't remember ever saying that. <laughs> I, I remember saying that, but I'm very happy with that choice because, Nathaniel, you also picked Luton as well. I, I, uh, I was very happy with that choice, and well, I'm very happy that it... Considering you just dissed uh, Ant for picking Burnley, you also picked Burnley, and um, you also picked Middlesbrough, and Norwich. What are you thinking, Norwich, to finish one place above us? Well, I got two right out of the four, which is the most of us three, so I'm very chuffed with that. Maths. Maths. Well, I'm very happy. For our automatics, we all picked, we, we all picked six different teams. Throw out on that, which is quite mental, really. And you picked Norwich and Watford. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I picked Burnley and Borough. So that's half Not right. Bad. And you picked, and you and picked Sheffield United and West Brom. Oh. Are they going to go up at some point? They have such a good squad. Mm. Well, I, I got, no, no, I got I three of the top six right. They're in a lot of financial trouble. They, they went all or bust this year, I think. Yeah, pretty much. Um, they took a 20 million loan out. So they've got a problem next season. Oh dear. 
Mm. Underperformers is an interesting one here. I don't actually have not You never said anything for it, Ant. Which is funny. What? Underperformers. You didn't say anything for it. I've got nothing. But the other two are quite funny because I said Sunderland. Wow. They're probably the biggest over... They are the biggest overperformers of the season. Well, no, so. I would say Luton are. Um, no, because Luton got in the playoffs the previous season. Sunderland just got promoted from League One. No I one thought they were going to get in the playoffs. Right now, in the episode, you went on a rant about how Luton were unbelievable underdogs to even get there. The first year, but not the second year. That's, year. Why, that's why I predicted them to do it. No? Mm, well, maybe. for your, uh, your underperformers, you picked Hull City, you traitor. Well, I was right because they finished four places lower than I Traitor. thought they would. Yeah, but is, is that us underperforming or did we finish whereabouts we probably expected to? Ergo, meeting well, expectations. Well, we all expected us to finish 11th and we finished 15th, so I'm taking that. Well, you, you, we you predicted, predicted us to finish mid-table. You predicted us to finish 11th and that was an underperformance. So that means you expected us to finish higher. Yeah, but you can't have both, like... No, that's what you predicted. This is your prediction. We were, the un- we were under. We, we did underperform. So, no, no, no. This is what you predicted at the start of the season, and I was right. That was this. So, I was yeah, right. so what you're saying is, is that we genuinely <laughs> should have been finishing in like the top six. Yeah. No. Well, we at, the, at the time, I, yeah. But we did underperform, and I said we were going to be the biggest underperformers. So, no. you know, I'm having that. No. Well. You've redeemed yourself on this one because for your dark horse, you said Luton. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> but you're not the only one because I also said Luton. Oh, I did, I said. Actually, to be fair, no, you didn't. You said someone who, very close to being a dark horse, Millwall. Mm. They bottled it on the final day for you, unfortunately. I mean, I had them to be in the playoffs myself, so... Well, I wouldn't say they were dark horse because they finished like seventh last year as well. Yeah, but you said, Lu- you said Luton is your dark horse, and they finished in the playoffs last season. Yeah, but you were saying that they weren't going to do well. Unreal. I don't really think we can apply logic um, to any of these. It's a anyway, just, just to quickly round it off, there was a couple here that only me and Nathaniel did because uh, I don't know why. Because uh, obviously, I wasn't actually on the episode. He sent all his uh, predictions in. Uh, yes. Um, Premier League. We both said Man City. Uh, yeah, Champions no, League, happen. Champions League. You said Real Madrid. I said Tottenham, but really Man City. Um, and then for the World Cup, you said England. Seriously, England, because um, you're a mentalist. And I said mm. Argentina or Brazil. So I was fifty percent plus wrong. You could still be right. Man City are going to win the Premier League. Let's be honest. They're more than likely going to win the Champions League. And Argentina did win the World Cup, so you probably got a clean sweep in that. I did say all Brazil, so I didn't yeah, use my best. You can, you, you can do that. You can do that. Uh, well, England are going to win the World Cup at some point. <laughs> Hopefully. Are you on about the Women's World Cup? Because that's the only time we're going to do it. Yeah, d- yeah, I'll say that, sure. <laughs> I'm at the, ho- the, the hockey. I'm at the hockey World Cup, yeah. Cricket. Um, yeah. Uh, well, that was jolly. Anyway, that was us all looking like idiots. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a mixed bag. We we did get some right, which I think um, sort of helps a bit. Well, I uh, will say this as well. I almost completely made myself look the biggest idiot because I nearly picked Wigan as my dark horse. 
Oh dear. <laughs> I nearly picked Wigan as my dark horse, what, and then dark I came to finish twentieth bottom. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that that would have been atrocious, Catas- catastrophic. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, like. Dear me, yeah. We've had, had to put in the stocks for that. And next um, season's oh, probably going to be even harder to predict because I think the teams coming up from League One are better than what we saw last season. Oh, yeah, like Ipswich are going to... Ipswich are going to be ace. And but we don't know if they're going to be... The rab, it's looking like it's going to be clubs that are quite big, so are going to be looking to bounce straight back up. Then you've got Come all the teams... In and around. Come on, Evan. Come back down. Going to be in, you know, Borough again. We'll be going for automatics, I'd imagine. Um, whoever doesn't go up in the final is going to be there about Millwall, Swansea. You know, there's going to be so many teams that are going to be up there again. I think it's going to be another season where there's loads of teams really close near the top six. On that, isn't it nice to have a playoff final where you kind of... It's nice having, like, whoever wins, it's a great story. Oh, absolutely. Whereas Sunderland, Middlesbrough, imagine how boring would that been, would have been. boring. I would have boycotted two it. Teams who, two teams who haven't been in the Prem for... Well, Luton have never been in the Prem. As we know, football yeah. started in 1992. Um, and Coventry have been there since 2001, I think. Yeah, something like that. Uh, the way I judge it is that if you get a new stadium in the Premier League on FIFA, that's interesting. Rather than just another parachute payment team going back up. Uh, but Coventry and Luton, they don't have their stadiums, so, you know... <laughs> And then you Thinking can have Kenilworth Road with its entrance oh. in the away end in a back garden. I mean, commentary would be cool. Plus, I do like Gorkares because I like my Swedish players. But yeah, I think we're all Luton, right? And uh, we spoke. Personally, of the two, I'm Luton, but I'm fine whoever wins, to be honest, in that way. Yeah, just want it to be a nice match. And um, yeah, I think uh, either of those would be definitely interesting. Whereas Sunderland, I mean, how are they going to the playoffs? I, I, I don't know. Because uh, Millwall cocked up. Yeah, and Blackburn. Mind you, everyone did, really. QPR did, of course. Almost got relegated from being top in October, was it? Yeah. Yeah, blimey. Um, I don't know what um, exact awards we did last year, but I've got a few for us to give out, or just to say our own answers for. So we'll start with our... Uh, Best goal of the season that we scored? Doherty versus Blackpool. Doherty versus Blackpool. And to saying Doherty versus Blackpool. If Palgast would have scored the goal at Borough, I agree with that. That would have been goal of the season. Mm. But Palgast did not do a goal cast. Yeah. Well, um, this is the only one, because last year, because he was a new signing and he was a, a decent enough young player, um, I could sort of squeeze him into a few categories. But the only place I can place... Ryan London this season is potentially best goal because team yeah, goals was, are always nice. That was That's my second favourite against Rotherham. Against Rotherham, a team much, goal, I love that goal incorporates you know the beautiful the beautiful game and what football is all about the passing and the moving and um, you know obviously he tapping it in in the six yard box isn't like the best goal of the season but uh, you know yeah. That was a nice goal at Rodham. So Rod, uh, Longman definitely scored the best goal this season. Uh, I guess best match slash moment of the season. Uh, the the four-all against Sunderland. Best match Sunderland, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about but that. If, because we, I was... if we're going to pick, if we're going to pick a win, I'd say yeah. probably Norwich. The best moment. Norwich or Coventry? I don't know. The, the best moment for me. I I um, think the first game of the season when. 
Serie scored that 90 yeah. second minute winner. And it felt like with the new era really kicking off first full season that, under that North stand was mental yeah. that day. It was, it was very nice. It was day. great. Yeah. It was boiling hot. It was Last minute winner. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would have gone for as best match of the season, uh, Hull City Bristol. But I guess yeah, I'd say best moment of the Serie goal, best match. Well, I don't really want to go the Sunderland game because I thought second half we were absolutely appalling, uh, bar the goals. How can you not say four-four um, game? Not the it's best. It's a four-all draw, Nathaniel. Because we didn't. <laughs> It was the highest scoring game in the win. championship this season, and it was yeah. it was a total like pendulum as well. Like we went in the lead, they went in the lead, we went back, yeah. and it was just it was crazy. If you were a neutral, it was must have been the best thing to watch in the world. Yeah, yeah. well, even though I'd forgotten, I think yeah, you, you've convinced me. Best match was the four all uh, against Sunderland. Um, most improved player of the season, which is the trophy I won for my. Uh, Sunday league team because I was absolutely rubbish and then I was bang average uh, one year. Most, Most improved player? Um, I don't really know. Uh, yeah, actually. Well, who was good last year or who was bad last year? Um, I'm going to give it Slater. Yeah, that's what I, I was going to say. Last year, he's, just in, he's just improved. Yeah, he's gone he from, hasn't a, gone a, from a, bad. A he's gone from player, good to great. Crucial to our team, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's why I've written. It's very interesting that in like the Player of the Year awards, all the winners were previous regime players. Yeah, Encheps or Slater or Jones, I think those are probably the two best uh, options there. Um, Then best signing of the season, I think what we said at the start of the year has proven correct, Seri? Maybe. On a free? One of the best midfielders in the league? Based on the premise that Christie was injured for half the year. Um, yeah, yeah, I think probably Yeah, Seri, and, and you know, it was just it's the best signing in terms of like the excitement of him coming in as well. Every uh, any other really side, good. if you if you asked a supporter from every other team in the championship if they'd take any of our players, they'd all say Seri. They'd probably oh. say yeah, Seri. That's a shame. Yeah, uh, and then I guess the last one uh, would be best player of the season. I think we've already. All agreed. We can say Well, I said Alfie Jones. <laughs> oh, look at me. Him. I'm so contrarian. <laughs> I'm not contrarian. Yeah. I'm agreeing with Liam Rosinia. <sighs> Nonsense. It's clearly the fan and the player vote uh, are the more important ones because that would mean I'm right uh, saying Slater. <laughs> uh, are there any other awards we can give out? I'm trying to think back to last year. Um, I guess worst goal we conceded. We've already done that. Uh, and Swansea away, yeah. Last signing, but worst signing, well, Figueredo, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, mean, I won't give it everywhere because he's on loan. Figs no, I wasn't even thinking everywhere, I was thinking Salah because he'd never even played, yeah. But, but again, alone, and that's literally a waste of time, yeah. Whereas Figs was meant to be a permanent signing that you know was meant to be here beyond the one year. And, I'm going to say Salah because it's too obvious to say Figueredo and correct to say Figueredo. Yeah. I'd go Figueredo because even though Salah or Ebure or whatever didn't do very well or didn't play very much, um, Figueredo did the most to, you know, pile more misery on us by being rubbish and conceding goals. 
So I think it has to be him. Whereas Ebuwe never dived in the box because his goalkeeper came for the ball. You know, <laughs> he, at least he's done that or not done that. Whereas Figueiredo did. So I think he's definitely got to be the worst signing. I mean, maybe he'll he'll, he'll you know have a great preseason and um, have some good uh, preseason friendlies and you know be part of a forty-six clean sheet uh, back four next year. But um, I doubt it, honestly. I think that's fairly unlikely. So generally, I guess this is our opportunity to have our final thoughts on a season with uh, three managers, twenty-one signings. And uh, perhaps a slightly disappointing 15th place finish. So uh, we'll uh, sum it up in a in a few paragraphs, perhaps. General thoughts on this, on on this season. Screw you. Or about yeah, 20 um, minutes. Um, I I was disappointed, obviously, up until with our shot I went, and it was just chaos. And I was delighted once Rosini came in. And I think we're in such a good position going forward that it's such a promising beginning to something, it feels like, this season. It feels like the beginning of something. Yeah. Yeah, I think this year was a, definitely a year of transition from sort of the uh, Alain period. Last season, because it was just half an Agent season, half an Alain season. Um, yeah, this was the um, first proper season that felt like a new... Yeah. And we said it was going to be slow, that the um, team was going to do fairly poorly to begin with, and, and uh, it did. We had to have a change of manager. But uh, generally, uh, the club is in a better position now than it was. Um, we had to sign these players. We had to um, experiment. Um, and, you know, the attendances are going up. We've got a manager we all love um, and, you know, seems to have a really bright future ahead of him and hopefully with us. Some good players going into next season and, uh, you know, stayed up. Um, it was the, it was the perfect good. appointment as well, I think. When you look back at it, even now with hindsight, considering the the disorganised, chaotic, rolling over every game team that we saw at the Undershotter, we needed somebody that could come in and, like this phrase is used all the time, but steady the ship. I think Dawson did very good in bringing some form of happiness back to the side by winning a couple of games as well. Um, and then he gave Rosini the perfect platform to walk in and he really just, you know, showed us up. Because I think it, I remember saying to anybody that asked about, you know, what Rosini had to do when he came in and it was stop us conceding goals. We were conceding two or three a game. Um, and that was, that's relegation form. And how when, when asked, how do you stop that? I had no idea. But Rosini came in and did that. Um, considering it's his first like actual full time because I think the Derby one obviously he was only there for a few three or four months one day before one yeah he won't there long so he won't there long I'm, I'm, I'm going to consider us as his first proper job where you know he's oh, been yeah. given the reins actually appointed um, he's done very well and I think he's, he's, he's showing that he's, he's got the, the, the hunger to succeed to adapt he's a perfectionist speaks well very good man management trusts youth players demands a certain level of consistency and I think that next season like we say with full pre-season and some of his signings I think this system will come good I think that you know there's always going to be people who don't like the playing out from the back um, but like you said you've got to be patient with it because these players are learning it again under him um, we got better at it I think as the season went on we definitely controlled games a bit better possession wise 
next year I think will be a totally different animal. And I think um, it's 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 nice to have to be excited about the future, to have optimism, to actually think, you know, what well, we could do really well next season, um, rather than just predicting like, you know, the lower echelons of the league. We should be up there now, thinking that we could be a top ten side at least. So, yeah, very exciting. Um, let's see what happens in summer. Yeah, I couldn't have summed it up better myself. I think that was uh, very well put. So, uh, yeah, uh, another hectic season at Hull City. Uh, lots happened, but generally, yeah, a, a positive one. Uh, not perfect, but we are in a better position now than we were around this time last year, I'd say. And, uh, yeah, I think Messenia is probably the biggest positive to come out of this this uh, yeah. year. Um, so, yeah, thanks very much to everyone who's uh, listened and commented and retweeted and engaged with us over the course of the season. But lots more to do over the summer. Um, we're going to do a few more um, episodes and um, perhaps we'll do what I could do upon um, every single transfer rumour we do. I could do a little breakdown of that, perhaps. Uh, I think that would be quite enjoyable. Um, but, of course, if you ever have any ideas of what you want to see over the summer, um, do get in touch with us. Um, and do you want to explain better what this goals TV stuff is about? Because uh, I'm still not 100% sure. It's just, it's, it's basically, it's, it's a sports content site. So it's full of podcasters, sports channels. Um, it's, but it's obviously based in America. So um, <laughs> football is growing in America. There's more and more people getting into the sport. You know, the, the, I think in terms of what they call soccer, which we will never refer to it as, um, is, is getting to a point where they are wanting to push it a bit more. So they want English content creators like ourselves on there, which we've come on. And I think we saw a graphic not that long ago where we're actually the most searched for football team in one of the states in America. So mm-hmm. now we're on that site too. So hopefully they're watching us in America if you are. Hello. Um, but, it's you know, it's New Mexico. Yeah. So there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of English fans that like American football. If you follow basketball, hockey, there there are, there are content creators all over the the site that cover those those other sports too. So you can just like I say, you can use our our code THAB. Um you sign up for free, you can watch it all. You can see us on there if you want to. And you support us as a channel in doing so and you support goals and help the sport grow over there. So yeah, join the site. It's worth it. It's free, like you say, you've got nothing to lose. Awesome. And uh, yeah, use the code THAB for to Hunnaback uh, to sign up for free. Uh, so yeah, thanks again for everyone for listening and commenting, and we'll be back very soon. So thanks again, and uh, have a lovely summer uh, if you don't listen to us uh, over the summer. So thanks again. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.